Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Bobcast with you. As always, this is Bob live in the lounge staring at the Ouija board. It's been a while since I've done this. I haven't done like a full on, you know, interview in a while just because of my tremendously busy schedule. But that's like kind of like not what you're here for. You're here for the juice, right? And when you're here for the juice, when you wake up in the morning and you're like, I need it, I need it. Might want to get some waffles in there or something else, you know, whatever you do, you know, when you wake up, you need to have some energy. And tonight's guest definitely brings energy. He's been on the show once before. A while ago, he um, used something I like to think of fondly. It's the U.S. mail system to send me um, a bunch of goodies, a bunch of like uh, merch. There was a cassette tape that was a USB tape, which uh, it was a cassette tape. And I got excited and still technology wins with the USB that popped out, which was really cool. We'll get to that later. But he's back with a brand new sound. Uh, he's been in several bands that have um, been in the Philadelphia scene for years. But the new one, though, is really interesting. I got a chance to listen to the demo for Fossils from the Future. It includes a cover song from one of my uh, favorite female-fronted bands. And I'm super stoked because it was fun to listen to. It sounds different than what I've heard before, but yet familiar. It's got some uh, deep bayou-like type, you know backwoods rock and roll to it you know it's kind of better than the black keys you know the black keys the kind of they think they own that genre you don't you know you gotta stay on top of your game you can't get you know repetitive but that being said welcome back to the show mr jamie victor how you doing buddy oh great man i'm awesome thank you so much for having me back i'm thrilled to see you and to talk to you and i'm glad we we're able to make time to do this today so tell me, where did the idea for Fossils, where, where did it come from? Like what like made you um, make this new, it's like almost like a graphic novel. Like we could see a picture of it here for the folks, you know, back home. Like this like reminds me of like what a comic book would come. I know you don't read comic books now. Right, but but they're gonna play a part. It's gonna play a part into the, in the whole. It's like thing. a zine? Is it like a? Yeah, it's grown from a lot, dude. It, uh, Mm. funny enough uh similar to victor victor band this band came about as a halloween costume my friends and i went up to pittsburgh a few years ago maybe like four or five years ago now at this point it's four years ago uh pittsburgh downtown pittsburgh on halloween people get all dressed up in costumes and they just roam the streets and go in and out of the bars and i was like all right this sounds like a good time you know before i get too old let me go enjoy myself with this and last minute they were like Oh, because at first I was like, oh, well, if it's Halloween, are we going to wear costumes? And they're like, no. I was like, oh, all right. Like, I love Halloween. I love like, I start planning my Halloween costume in July and I go and I get all the stuff and I make some kind of like crazy costume. Didn't have the chance to do that. So last minute, they're like, I'm like, all right, well, I have this backup costume that I got at a Goodwill. And it's a, uh, remember Karate Kid? Like, remember the um, Johnny and his band of brothers? And they all had that like, yeah, black jump. So I got, yeah, for $3 at a Goodwill, I got this vinyl body jumpsuit that's uh, skeleton bones. And then I got this dinosaur hat that kids would wear. And I just say, I'm a fossil. So my buddy and I go into a Forever 21 and they were having um, uh, like this clearance sale and we're looking at the sunglasses and he's like, I see these, this really like futuristic sunglasses. And he's like, you should wear that with your costume tonight. And I was like, yeah, but I'm a fossil. These are like future like, <laughs> yeah you don't get it i'm a fossil yeah like you don't get it i don't no, yeah, i like that i like this whole angle like you don't get it all right I, I see where we're going now please continue i'm sorry but yeah, no, no 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 
So I'm thinking like, all right, future fossil. I like that. So then I'm picturing like, all right. So if people say like, what are you? I say, I'm a future fossil. It's like, no, I'm a, I'm a fossil from the future. And I like the alliteration of that. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. oh, that's kind of a cool band name. And then from there, next thing I know, I'm like, I'm going to make a band around this. And the more I thought about it and the more I time and energy and focus and thought and effort and everything I put into this, it's a whole, dude, it's a whole thing. And I, I knew you would, I was hoping that you would appreciate this because I know the kind of stuff is like, it's cool and weird. So I'm like, oh, it's like paranormal blues rock. So it's my- Oh, story. that's great. That's great. Now I get it. Totally. So like oh. the whole backwoods is like, you know, you're a fire from the sky meets like true detective almost. And like, yes, exactly. I like, oh. I like the idea if like, you know, like, I just like the idea of content and packages. Yes. You know what I mean? And like looking at it, you know what I mean? Like fly. I used to love to make flyers for the audio listeners. Yeah. You know, that's a flyer. And like a flyer, if you're from, you know, <laughs> the present day of madness, it's something you do to get people to come out to the show, but it's also a way to express your art. You know what I mean? Like uh, to make it, to make it represent you. And that's like now controlled by other people. And it's not like artists, like, um, you know, controlled. So like, this is the stuff that I always like, just because like, I think that like a true artist is one who's like, not just a musician, but can do other mediums as well to express it. So cheers to you for using like, you know, all the avenues of art for something that's, you know, like, I guess it's, it's, it's like not the gorillas, but in the vein of the gorillas where like the fossils could be like fictional. You don't get it. I'm a fossil. You know, it's, it, it's like, yeah. So like, it's like a whole, it's a whole thing now. Like the more, it's like a whole thing, dude. And I, I can see this being a thing. So mm-hmm. now like beyond just the band. So like all of the songs that I've written so far have a paranormal story behind them. Okay. So like each one kind of like, so when the He-Man characters first came out, when they very first came out, you get the He-Man doll. And then in the package would be a comic book. Cause they didn't have, they had behind the, behind them. Yes. So I'm thinking each each song will have some kind of story attached to it. And right now I have two videos that I've made uh, that I didn't make for this purpose, but I kind of did. And now I'm thinking, you know what? I should just cut it. I mean, I'm this whole thing started. I'm like part of a, a paranormal group. A bunch of my friends get together. And we, hey, you mentioned it last time on the show. Yeah. I listened back uh, the other night. So like during uh, during quarantine, you know, like a year or two ago, we couldn't have our meetings in person, so we were doing them through Zoom. Yep. I part of my my presentation had two video components and I didn't want to be like all right guys now we're gonna at this point we're gonna click on this and we're gonna watch this and then we're gonna come back and then we're gonna talk about so instead I downloaded the videos and I put them in one long presentation and I just made it like put it on YouTube and just had everyone watch that and now I'm thinking about I'm like that actually explains the music so I think I'm gonna take it out of the hidden back Mm -hmm. you know back YouTube thing and make that as part of promotional for the promotion for the material the music and stuff but i love i love the whole idea the premise of it just because it's art you know at all you know six cylinders at once spreading its news so like you play everything on the album is that all you so that demo that i gave you i played everything except for the drums yep who's on the drums uh either it's either a casio keyboard sample or Uh a sample from queen or it's a hip-hop sample it's uh, you know, I, I don't, 
my father was a drummer, but the only instrument that I can't play, not that I can play every instrument, but like I cannot play the drums. I've never had the time and the patience to sit and learn how to play drums, but my dad was a drummer. So it's kind of like, he's probably rolling over in his grave, but I just, I just come up with a drum beat that, that matches the, the idea <laughs> in my head and I just let it go. I would just record it for like 10 minutes and then I layer all the other parts on top of it. So the CD that you have is, um, that the first three songs are songs that I tracked in GarageBand. And then I sent the tracks to my buddy, Josh, uh, who moved out to LA. He had a studio in Pensacola called Thanks Mom Studio. Okay. Uh, All right, Jr. Uh, recorded, we recorded our last EP there and then he moved mm-hmm. to LA. So as a favor, he likes the music. He's always been a fan. So he's like, send me the, send me the tracks, I'll mix it for you. Okay. So he mixed those three. And then the other three are just iPhone recordings straight from my voice memo i just hit record yeah i like those those are fun i mean yeah the mix is great too and it's just different than the other stuff you've done before but you know the packaging and the idea of you know sending people stuff like the remember when like people that weren't buying vinyl at all and then all of a sudden like jack white's like look i bought a record plan everybody buy two thousand dollars worth of we're going to be friends and then everyone's like let's do it let's do it but i mean there was other vinyl fiction and others, whatever but i mean i don't know i used to get like magazines in the mail in the 90s i used to get um hit parader i used to get the incredible hulk in the mail it used to come in like this crazy package you know and like when it would arrive like you know it was a dopamine hit that now kids can get any time of the day but they're not actually holding it and looking at it you know and that's just the whole thing i think that's missing yeah and dude and i'm i'm lucky enough uh that I, I'm a designer, so I'm able to make the stuff that I want. Yeah. I but I also have a printer. So I'm all that stuff. I printed all those things out and I cut each one of them out by hand. The 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 jewel case in the CD, yeah. cut it flat with crop marks. I scored it, folded it, stuck it in there, burned the CD. Like all of the, the thing in the front the, from the show, I printed out on cardstock, one per page. And I sit there and cut each one out. I got the, um, the package. The plastic package is a mini binder insert from Staples. I just take an X-Acto knife and cut off the part where the three hole punch is. And then you have a little free poly bag, but it doesn't have a seal. So then I got the glow in the dark stickers and I put it all together and you make a little package. And then I just give those away. I say, if somebody wants to give me money, fine. But I'd rather at the end of the night, look over at the merch table and see no cds then have money from the cds for me it's important to just get it out there and just have people listen to it and like it so they're gone they were gone at the end of the first show they were all gone i had to make all new ones so like you know i, I, I agree i think that's punk rock though because it's like i i don't want to charge ever for my art because it's just like I, if it doesn't you know like it's so I don't know. Yeah, the goal back in the day was to make money from music and stuff like that. But then as I got older and I, I I was only doing my art to try to make money, I wasn't doing my art. You know what I mean? Like I was like not having fun, you know, and I'm glad I snapped out of it now and I get it. You know what I mean? Like music is so much more than just um, trying to make money. It's like if you're good at it, you know what I mean? And like you, you play with people and it resonates sound and like memory amongst others that's just as good as any other type thing because it's like it's a memory or some sort of brain cell firing off off like at someone's death you know like a song or something like that you know but like music is special and i can't stand when i hear people say oh i 
I, I could never play guitar. I, I could never, you know? And I'm like, what? Like, what are you talking about? You know what I mean? Like, just pick it up, you know? Never too late. Yeah, and like, oh, it's too late for me. <laughs> it's too late for me. Uh, it's time to hang up my coat and just go straight to bed. There's no G chord here. You know, it's like, I, I just don't get that mentality. Because people, like, you know, ask all the time about, like, you know, my music, you know, time or tenor and stuff. And, like, you know, I just say to them, it's just like, you know, um, I miss it tremendously. And it taught me one thing is, like, that... um no matter what you got to make it look good <laughs> you know what i mean like you, yeah. you in no matter even if it's like the worst thing you can't give up you can never give up it taught me like to never give up like never. one get like you know like amps going out and like you know being in front of all these people and like not wanting to look like a schnook you know what i mean and like bugging out you know what i mean like that that really built character i think for me in the long run absolutely i mean hey, don't give up and make it work make it work like I, f part of my aesthetic for this band is like, uh, you know, fo futuristic fossil kind of thing. So I wanted to use old microphones. Well, when you get an old microphone and it comes in the mail, it doesn't have the same connectors that you can't connect it. So I just, that's why I just made it here in the nick of time. I just drove here uh, home from uh, Springfield. My buddy out in Springfield just made me today. I got, look, dude, check this out. Look at this. Oh yeah. Right. That's but really it, cool. Connector. And he, today, I sat there and watched him and he put an XLR on this. So now I can use this guy. And then he took my other microphone, which is a green bullet microphone. And we've replaced the cable. He took the whole thing apart and made a whole new cable. And now I have an XLR. So now I can quickly, so now I can, instead of taking 20 seconds to connect two microphones, it'll take me five. And so when I have all this crap, to set up, which I have more stuff than most people do for one person. It's like, people are like, you're insane. What are you doing? I'm like, I, I do this because I love it, but it takes time. And you know, you only get so much time between set, uh, bands to set up. So this now will save me like 10 seconds. It just boom, boom, and get ready to go and keep it moving. I'm able to use the old stuff in a modern you know, environment. There's something to be said too about, uh, you know, like when you have no choice, like in the matter, even if when something goes wrong on stage, like say for instance like you were just saying like you have 20 seconds or then five seconds i had moments like that where i had to trigger certain things like on a computer you know yeah. like people be like how are you doing all you know and like they give you shame for it you know like you're doing too much you ever get that all you need is one amp dude why you yeah. got three amps? <laughs> dude i i mean that shit that shit drives me nuts though because it's just like i don't know like people like the other day like somebody um I was just doing me at work, you know what I mean? But they commented I was doing too much work. And I'm just like, dude, this is just how I do. You know what I mean? I'm living right now. And I walked away. You know what I mean? I sunned them. Because it's just like, you know what I mean? Like some people, like they don't, they don't understand what it's like to be a true artist. Is like, you got no choice in the matter. You know what I mean? You got to make something happen from something. And, and uh, if you have the gift of, you know, helping others along the way, bring it out, like, for me that's just the best is when that happens like i get to see somebody like slowly become comfortable on camera or on mic you know what i mean doing a podcast it's awesome feeling yeah that's why i've been absent from pretty much life at the moment just because of the job it's 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 the first job i've had where i'm actually like having a fun time got like five shows in like production with students of podcasts and they're funny you know some of them are really funny some of them i have to edit because they 
I encourage him to freestyle, you know, and of course, you know, you can't air everything, you know, <laughs> so it is what it is. But I mean, like the art of improv and the art of being an artist without boundaries. I think it's also important to teach kids to not be afraid to create zines or, you know, fictional characters from the future, you know what I mean? Or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's something too that I, I think that along the way in our society, I don't know how it got imprinted, but like, you know, if you're a creative type, it's it's like looked down upon or it's like, I don't know, it's stigmatized, I think. And it's just like, it's a mistake because it used to be like, we were the artisans, you know? We were the ones who like entertained. And now we're just lost in this mess of society. It is. Yeah. And so, you know, what are you going to do? It's just, this, is the, this is the world we live in now. It's, uh, oh, it's crazy. It is crazy. You're, so you're playing a, a virtual um, brain fest. Yeah. So I'm trying to, I have a goal. I'm going to make this, it's going to work. I have two months and eight days to, I'm going to shoot a video with the band in my basement and have a vi instead of having a performance because I'm I mean no offense to people that live stream it works for people and a lot of people like it I really don't like it so I'm going to shoot a video and have the video play even it's only going to be ten yeah. minutes I know what I'm you mean streaming streaming's never um it never works anymore in the beginning it used to work quite a bit but now I think everyone's on their phones splashing cell phone towers and you can't really get a good signal. Especially if you're a musician with OBS. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, exactly. So I, I, my, my plan is to shoot a video for this, but um, my plan is I'm going to shoot it on some iPhones. Yep. Keep it simple. And my plan is to shoot and edit the video simultaneously. And I think I can pull it off. So I think I just, you know, you shoot the one scene mm -hmm. and cut. Everyone looks at the footage and we see... Yes, you like how you look. Did you make a stupid face? No. Okay, everyone's happy. Good. Mm -hmm. Airdrop it, and then boom, drop it in the timeline. Then do the next scene. Then do mm -hmm. the next. My plan is to do it that way to be expedient. It doesn't have to be perfect, but I think that's the only way. Because when you're trying to coordinate four people's schedules, you know it's it's difficult. You know what it's like being in a band. It's even like with two people in a band. But when you have four people and getting, it's kind of tricky. So uh, I'm of the mind that if you're in a band and you have band practice once a week and somebody can't make it to practice for whatever reason, either they're not feeling well or work is too much or whatever. I think the other people in the band should still get together and either work on the songs mm -hmm. or just hang out and chill. But, you know, you carve out that time every week. And, you know, a lot of times we don't have band practice. We're like, okay, well then we'll, we'll I'll see you next week. Well, mm, so I'm thinking, I think that's how we're going to get this video done. We're not going to practice. Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to shoot the video during band practice hours. And I think that's the only way it's going to, it's going to happen, uh, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Man, you, you just reminded me of why I'm not in the band. Just the whole anxiety of it, you know? <laughs> the the. What do you mean he's not coming to practice? You know what I mean? Like, just... Uh. Well, life happens. Things happen, you know? And then immediately, because, like, I think you think about it, like, you know, you've already in your mind have carved out that time, but now so-and-so can't make it, and then you think, oh, okay, well, you know what? good tonight I'm going to do this that I haven't meant to I've been trying to do and I haven't had time to do or I'm going to do this and I haven't but you know that's always going to happen there's always going to be stuff that you could fill that time with so I think 
you know, so I, I don't know, my band members might not be so thrilled about this, but I'm, I'm still thinking, you know, I'm saying we're still going to get together, but instead of practicing, we're going to be shooting uh, this video for the two hours that normally we'd be working on the music. I think, you know, it's the only way to get everyone, I think it's the only way to do it, but I think you're going to like it. Remember, I was asking you for help with the green screen stuff. Yeah, yeah, this is it. This is what it's going to be. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. I told you, you remember, um, do you listen to Beck at all? Yeah. He had an album years ago. I think it was the information where he did this with just, it was the first, like back when the green screen, excuse me, the green screen at home first came out. He made videos for every single song on that album, just behind like a curtain. You can look him up online. It, it, was, so, there, it was so intuitive and inventive of him to like, you know, he was always ahead of his time with shit, but yeah, more power to you, man. You know, like, um, I just remember so many times, like, uh, also, too, being on the other end of it, being like, oh, dude, I can't make it to practice. Something's happened. And then, like, feeling terrible about it because it's like, what people don't understand is, like, being in a band is, it's different than any other relationship. You're making shit together, you know? Like, and if you're not together each week, it's a mess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know? <laughs> it's it's like the, it's the opposite of like some other dis, like a dysfunctional family because most dysfunctional families like well fuck you i ain't gonna be hanging out with you but with like a band or like you know a group of musicians it's like we got no choice we gotta get together you know <laughs> we have to spend this time together because it our art depends on it exactly. so i kind of miss that or i kind of don't miss that yeah, I, mean, you know. I make music now by myself. I've got uh, RC five hundred five now and um, a Roland like sampler and been having fun with that with drums. Nice. And I know I always show up. You know, I know it's me. I know I'm there. You know, and that's fun because that's when I start having like a good time playing music. Like I used to stress about it. Now it's like music is like um, I guess it, it's just a. It's like I I don't smoke I don't smoke cigarettes no more, but music is like that now in a way, oh, you know. Yeah, it's been years since I, three years now um, since I had a smoke. Oh, good for you. You know, but that's the first time I've said that ever in the the show. I've never talked about it. Oh. Which brings up a good point, everybody. And let me just explain to you: if you're somebody's listening and you're like, "Oh man, I need to quit these goddamn cigarettes," here's how you do it. Don't tell nobody you're quitting because as soon as you quit and you tell everybody, you're telling everybody because you really want one. And then you have one. Yeah. And then you feel guilty and then you start to hide it from people. And then someone at the party is like, Are you smoking again? And then you're like, Yeah. <laughs> ah. And you feel like an idiot. You know what I mean? And like, that's, that's the whole thing. It's like your ego is the thing telling other people, Oh, yeah. <laughs> I quit smoking. It's been seven days. Oh. Just don't tell nobody. And like I, I, I quit numerous times before where I told people and then like the same thing would happen to me. I'd be humiliated in front of people when I would like light up a, a smoke, take a drag. But now, I don't know. I like being smoke free. It's, it's a lot better. Yeah. Oh, it's tough. So quitting cigarette smoking is not easy. It is tough. It's addictive, dude. Your whole life becomes the cigarette. You're... you're digestive system becomes a cigarette your neural pathways in your brain become when am i going to get that next track you're literally at work getting mad to go outside to get your body physically mad it's so true to, to like screw your nervous system up and everything it's like let's go outside and get even more pissed off so now when i see people on their breaks <laughs> when i drive by like you know um 
grocery store that I go to and I always see this one woman. I'm like, oh my God, she looks so angry out there. And it's a hundred. Definitely. She, you can see that she's starting off with like a Marlboro 100 of sorts. But she's just getting progressively, progressively more angry and angrier. And it's like, I think that used to be me. You know, I really do. I think that I was just angry and yeah, not telling nobody was the key this time around. Tragically, I quit on Luke Perry's death day. I'll never forget. Like I was like having my last cigarette and I came in and my wife was like, Luke Perry's dead. And I was like, damn it, dude. I'm going to quit smoking cigarette for Luke Perry and the memory of his sideburns from 90210. Oh, wow. 9021, no smoking. Did you ever watch 90210? Yeah. Yeah, I was younger. You know, it would be on TV at afternoons and stuff. I remember watching like after school. Well, after school or nighttime. I have episodes of 90210 and Saved by the Bell like merged into one, like the memory of them. <laughs> I'm like, sometimes I'm like, which one was it? Like, you know, like, do you remember when Zach and everybody got jobs down the beach and Screech like, yes. like ne never could wear a bathing suit? Like he was just always in like full, like, you know, jumpsuit going into the ocean. But like, oh, I'm pretty sure 90210 also had a summer job somewhere. Yeah, I, missed, I remember it wasn't even the... Mr. Bell, what was his name? Mr. Bell, the principal. Bell, nine two one zero. That's oh, saved by the bell. See, I just yeah. fooled you. I made you uh, get them all mixed up. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, like, um, <laughs> it's crazy, like how like uh, media was consumed back then. Like the '90s show was like uh, we were all tuned in. Mm -hmm. And oh. that was like you know, like somebody could talk the next day about it. I remember I was just talking to uh, somebody at work the other day who's from the same era, and we were talking about. And for the listeners out there who don't know, like um, the Simpsons premiered on the Tracy Allman show in the late 80s, early 90s as like a short in between skits. You remember that? Yeah, I do. Mm -hmm. Ben Stiller was on the show, I believe. And um, the Simpsons did not look like the Simpsons. They were like squiggly little lines and like the voices were kind of scary. And I remember I never forget that next day at school, like everybody like being like, Yo, what was that? You know? Yeah. Oh, I love when that happens. It doesn't really happen much anymore. The, what was that? I remember. Okay, so that happened then. First time I saw the Cloverfield trailer. And then I'm drawing a blank. Do you ever any have a moment like that where you're like, what was that? Like a pop culture moment or something like that? Um. Yes. The first thing that comes to my mind though isn't really necessarily a uh... whatever you know. A buddy of mine did something at a show that I will never forget for the rest of my life. And it was a totally, what was that? And I still remember it like it happened yesterday. He was so smart. It's actually the dude that's um, Josh Panapacker. He's the guy who mixed those, those demos for me. Mm -hmm. uh, he used to be in a band called Shorty Boy Boy. And they had a show at Kung Fu Necktie where first they opened the show where he had the sound guy play the theme song from Trailer Park Boys, and he just went around and handed everyone a glow-in-the-dark necklace, and he just, so you hear the Trailer Park Boys theme playing, and he's just going around, everyone's like, oh, okay. Plays the show, it's amazing, great, he's a great musician, just awesome dude. The end of the show, the last song, the band is still playing, he gets off the stage with his guitar, and then he just goes, <laughs> something's like, just like normal. He just, he goes on the side of the stage and then he's just standing there and he grabs a beer and he's drinking the beer. Now the band's still playing. Yeah. And we're all looking at him like, 
what is he doing? And he's just acting normal, right? Yeah. Then he beer down. Then he grabs a pillow and a blanket. And then he goes in the middle of the floor and he puts the pillow and the blanket down and he lays down and he takes a nap or he pulls the cover. Meanwhile, the band's still playing. Everyone's looking like, what is going on? And then, then he sits up and he plays like, bam, 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 like the end part of the band, the song, they all played in time. And then he goes, he goes back to sleep and everyone's just standing looking at him like, what the, everyone was just like dumbfounded, just like, what? And then he got up like nothing happened. And we're like, and it was, I will never forget. It was so weird. What, so what was the artist's name? Uh, Josh Panapacker. And the band at that time was Shorty Boy Boy. And uh, interesting, so because then Josh introduces me, uh, Josh moves to LA and I'm mm. doing work on my house. And when Josh wasn't doing recording and stuff, I know he was also like a, a contractor. So I asked him if he could re recommend somebody to help me work on my house. He mm. recommends me a buddy of his that he grew up with. So he and I are working on my house and we're talking about Josh. And I was like, you know, Josh did this thing one time at a show that I'll never forget. And I start telling him and he's like, I was there. <laughs> I was like, how uh -huh. crazy. We're probably standing right next to each other while that was happening. How weird is that? And now we, you know, it's just yeah, like, nuts. kind of nutty. Dude, I, I, the whole thing about um, like uh, sub submerging, like a uh, submersive, like entertainment, like uh, I used to love doing that stuff with pocket dial. Uh, this band that I was in with my friend Mickey and my brother Sam. Sam was the interpretive dancer of the music and he dressed as a bride with a gas mask on. And we did this song where like I had like wedding bells like mixed into like, uh, you know, the, through the PA system. And then I would direct everybody's attention and I would tell them to clear the path. And he would like come down to here comes the bride to the stage. And people just everybody would just be quiet, you know. And to me, that's a win is the quietness just like, like like this watch let's do it together you ready like right there like when like people were like what just happened like if you can do that i mean i never forget the first time i saw kaufman um you know like these artists that like you know make you be like what you, what's going on here and i always thought that that was like something that was missing from music in a way it's like um I mean, some artists do it, but like full on, like a band that like is known for it. I don't know if that's ever been done, has it? Um, I mean, well, I guess you could. Well, I mean, on the on the one hand, you have. Guar. What do you mean, like yeah, like yeah? Guar. I was gonna say yeah, that, like yeah. Shoot the soda, and all that's kind mm -hmm. of fit. That you know where it becomes part of the performance. But I mean, as far as like, yeah, I mean. I played with some bands that have done some wild stuff to get attention, but it's not necessarily a choice that I would make. Like, uh, but at the same time, you're like, uh, what is he doing? And everyone that even wasn't paying attention to the music is like, what is going on? And I feel like certain tricks and things can work to get people to pay attention, but yeah. I do think it should be kind of a genuine, uh, well, I mean, like dude got off the stage while he was singing. He took the microphone with him with the cable and then climbed up on the bar Okay, but then he laid down on the bar and he put his mouth under the taps and just served himself beer. Oh, that's great. Yeah, and they had, they had nothing. They couldn't stop him. They couldn't stop him? Everyone knew. Just, uh, oh, well, I got one for you. Jordan Cook, Rain Wolf. You ever see Rain Wolf show? Mm -mm. Oh, my God. Jordan is one of the most talented musicians I've ever seen. Rain Wolf? Uh, yeah, R-E-I-G-N, Wolf. Yeah. Uh, Jordan, by the... 
by the end of the show, he takes the, the, the drummer takes the kit off of the stage and then he'll take an amp and then they pull the stuff. And then the next thing you know, they are, the band is in the middle of the crowd. They pull the kit down off the stage, all the cables and everything. And everyone just rushes to help to make sure nothing gets stuck, myself included. I'm like, oh no, it's going to, you know, and then he sets it up and then he'll stand up on the drum and then in the middle of the crowd. But of course, everyone's like this, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Less than it used to be, but still. Jamie just uh, took a cell phone and pointed at me. It's the thing that sucks about a concert. Is like, what are you there for? You know what I mean? Like, like um, I don't know. It's, for the amount of money you pay for a ticket, you should be able to get a professional MP for of the show that's like watermarked to you that you can't. You know what I mean? Your own NFT of the of the concert from. I understand, like the need for Yondor pouch or something like that. Uh, Jack White would do that at shows in the beginning and people thought he was a dick speaking of jack back to a point a couple beats back there he did something i thought was really cool he had this song called lazaretto a lazaretto is like a i believe it's like another word for asylum but he had this like thing where he was in london where like all the fans like got like a coordinate like um longitude latitude and they showed up there and uh there was a bunch of people in like white hospital suits did you know about this did you hear about it well for the listeners let me just tell the whole story so like basically you know there's a whole bunch of people in nursing out- outfits and this like warehouse is now staged to look like a lazaretto like an asylum and then you're brought in through like a long hallway there's smoke there's like you know spooky stuff so it's like a, almost like a haunted house concert which i think is so awesome so you, put, you get they get pulled the people all the way down the hallway. They get to a place. Jack White's on the stage. He performs Lazaretto. At the end of the song, he goes into um, trance and gets uh, taken out in a stretcher. It's a whole big scene. And then the show's over. Like, imagine doing that show over and over again all night long, like a haunted house. Wow. That'd be awesome. You're so awesome, right? I would, I would like to, to do that, like, start planning now for this October somewhere. If somebody's out there who would like Jamie and I to do this idea. I'm in. Yeah. Let us know. We need uh, your space and we need to be able to take it over. And uh, I guess we're going to need insurance. You know, we need the whole kit and caboodle at this point. We're in our 40s. We can't screw around. Yeah, no. People get hurt. Ourselves included. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We're really getting old. Like, people get hurt. This is going to be bad. We ain't going to be able to make it. Um, But yeah, just the whole idea of art that's so... Like you don't know where like you're at. I love I love that idea. I love when an artist does that and like tries to trick the viewer. Well, I had uh, for that one song. So I wrote the one of the songs that's on that demo is uh, a song I wrote about Bigfoot that started with uh, a drawing. I decided to draw Bigfoot the monster driving Bigfoot the monster truck through space. I was bored and I just thought it would be fun. And then as I was sitting there drawing, it, I was like, wait a minute, I could write a song about this. So then I did. And then I got this whole idea. I'm like, wait a minute. What if someone came to the show as Bigfoot and only comes out during that show, that song, because he's there for his song and then he disappears. And so I exactly. that, and then uh, I have, I'm working on a song right now about um, called the Big Bad Wolf, but I'm going to call it on purpose BBW. And then I'm going to have somebody come in a Wolfman costume. And in the middle of the song, he's going to come up with an oversized Craigslist ad that says BBW. <laughs> and then like point. I mean, that's like, great. And then I'll be like, no, 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 no. I haven't figured this out yet exactly. But then they're just like. There's got to be a setup to the beat of like having somebody. Um... You know what it sounds like? It sounds like. Like while like, you know. 
the band's playing, there should be imagery going on behind. Because it. like it's like you only need the one beat of the audience knowing what um, BBW is. Exactly. That's it. Trying to put little Easter eggs in the thing to get see if people are paying attention, kind of in it. In a sense. but like like yeah, getting somebody to know both, you know, the wolf, and then of course the other reference. You know what I mean? Like some people would be like, but I love that whole idea though, the comedy mixed into it. I I also uh, at the grape room one time I I used to do the holiday show. <laughs> You used to do this cool thing where, like, uh, I gave people free admission. They brought toy for toys for tots, whatever. Yeah. I never forget one time. Here's a full uh, disclosure here on the Bobcast. We did toys for tots. The next morning, I wake up. Uh, I think Christmas is Monday. It's Christmas Eve, and I find out all toys for tots are closed. I'm like, what, dude? I got this trunk full of toys. Like, people are gonna think I'm like a p- piece of shit. Yeah, it's like- stole, stole all his toys, you know. But. um I looked everywhere. I went to all these like fire like stations and shit. Like nobody could tell me anything. Then I got to one fire station. And the guy's like, "Yeah, you should take it to the shelter by uh, Building Fifty in Narstown. You ever been there? No. Speaking of paranormal, you really should check that out before they tear it down. Um, it's one of the original state hospitals in Pennsylvania, and it's spooky, dude. Like, uh, but I took it out there and I gave it, donated to um, a shelter home there. But that night at the Toys for Tots thing, we had Santa Claus there. We had him arrive. I made it sound like he was arriving on the roof with like footsteps. And it's just fun to do that. Do you remember when the Pope came to town? Oh yeah, in the bubble. We played on the rooftop at Whole Foods, and it was it was the only time I tanked that show just because nobody could get there because of the road traffic closures. But some people came, and that night we made it sound like the Pope. We had I had helicopters. And ah! we like looked up and like we made everybody look up. It was yeah, awesome. That's awesome. Yes. Yeah like this you know less less focused and it's like the the screen is becoming more of a 3d immersive experience kind of thing now with the metaverse and everything Mm -hmm. i'm all about doing it for real like have that stuff in real life like instead of cgi stuff make the costume you know (laughs) i know like i used to love the incredible hulk growing up loved them and like i don't like computer hulk you know it's like it's just not fun. It's like putting somebody in a costume practical is like so much. It's a lot of work. It, it's a lot of work, but it's like, it's also fun for the actor. You're taking away an actor's ability to play a role because of the computer. And it's like, I think that was a mistake. You know, like I thought they're like, oh, it'll like get more people in seats. And it's like, come on, dude. You know, dude, like, I love the, the whole idea. I mean, there's like on the flyer too, there's like imagery, um, almost like a war of the worlds like with the giant arriving, you know what I mean? Like, I love the whole idea of like um, kaijus and stuff like that. Like just, you know, like a massive scale concert where like, imagine like if you could fool it, if you had like a big budget band, like Motley Crue money and you made it look like you were a band and you destroyed a city, it'd be wild, dude. It'd be amazing. It'd be wild. The like Kanye, like as crazy as he was, I thought it was very inventive when he had his stage hover over the audience and then they would bend down and then he would like vibe with them. And then like the, the audience moved around the pit. So it wasn't just like people standing for hours. Like I have bad right knee just from a car accident when I was a kid. I can't go to those things and just stand at one spot for hours. One time, I think we were at Incubus, Teresa and I, years ago. And like my right leg just, I was like, we got to get out of here, dude. I can't do it. And ever since then, like, I got to, like, cru- cruise off to the side or be on stage where it's so much better, you know? Yeah, 
I hear you. Yeah, but bro, and that's proof that you can envision something and make it a reality. I mean, everything around you that you're looking at in front of you right now, it existed at one time as an imagination and a mm-hmm. vision, somebody's brain, and it came out and now it's a 3D object in real life. So that's that's what I really appreciate about, appreciate about Kanye is that kind of thing where, yes, he's insane, but look at the things that he's brought from his brain into reality, like that stage, like that's amazing. Like, well, people are probably like, Kind of like, uh, you know, like fire festival where they're like, well, how are we going to make this work? And then you got the guy on the one hand, it was a complete, you know, he was, he handled it wrong. However, yeah. he did have the vision, like, this is going to happen and we're going to make this happen. How, how are we going to do this? Well, well, okay. In that case, it didn't happen. <laughs> but in Kanye's case, he's, he had the idea. I see myself on a stage where it's floating over the people. And then if I want to dip down the whole stage or go, and you got one person going, you can't do that. But then you have someone thinking, well, Maybe if we put some pulleys and I mean, we would probably need 57 pulleys, but you know, we can make that happen. And then look, he, it, you know, he made it a reality. Crazy. Yeah. It? People like people were like, he's going crazy. He can't play the Grammys. I'm like, he's crazy because he he's, he's nuts. He's talented. You know what I mean? When you have talent, sometimes it can get dark. You know what I mean? Like, uh, that's the thing that people don't understand about art too, is like, it can be inspiring, but it could also be really dark and like it can help some people with depression or it could really, I don't know, like increase it in a way, you know, it's weird. Like how that happens sometimes. Like I've seen some people I know, like they become so consumed by their art or like their conquest that they miss out on other things. Yeah. You gotta have balance. You know what I mean? But speaking of balance, um, what, what does your shirt say right there? I've been looking at it for the last hour. It says Blues Explosion. I like the font. It's an old guy. Yeah, like it's very art it's like an art chantry kind of font. He may have actually made that. I'm not sure. I, yeah, they're different O's. You can notice with, with things like this. <laughs> yeah, we're font, we're, we're font Photoshop kids where it's mm-hmm. just like you notice like a, just the slightest variation of American Captain on like a TV screen. I'm like, that. Pointing at, you know, I'm like, up. Oh, I know. I was super stoked to receive the package in the mail, dude. It was really fun. My wife, she saw my excitement when I saw the cassette tape because she goes, I miss holding something like that in plastic, that shape. Yeah, I, that that album was recorded to tape, but then we mixed it on the computer. So I would, because we wanted to mix it on tape too, but just with timing and, you know, the way things are now, like, okay, so we're going to hold up the recording studio. Yeah on the same so we're like let's we'll record everything to tape but then we'll mix it you know digitally just for efficiency so i was conceptually i was like well how you know i was going to put it out on vinyl then i was like that's expensive I'm like how can i show you know like the the fact that the tape and the computer at the same time and i found those usb cassette tapes but they came from england and then the cassette jewel cases i found a stash of them on ebay then i found this company in canada that still prints the inserts but they will only print the insert without you getting the tape made so then i designed everything and sent them and they sent me all the inserts then i found on uline the little bags that the cassette tape could fit in and then me and the band sat there one night and i copied all the files manually to the the tape and there's videos on there too and then uh we assembled them all and then we hot glued all the, the, the things down and made a little like little tape thing. It's funny. It's in people were like, Oh, I don't have a tape player. I was like, go home and open it up and you'll see, you'll be able to, 
you'll be able to use it. And even if not, I like the whole relic aspect of it. You know, I like yeah, the- tapes, tapes were it's just how, you know, it's like your first toothbrush or something or something. It's the first thing into your reality for me is the tape cassette. Yes. And then never forget having the Walkman for the first time and being able to walk and hear music and just being like, I can see, you know what I mean? Like it was just such a weird feeling, you know, people take it for granted. You know, I never forget to like getting a tape cassette put into my car and being able to listen to like Led Zeppelin while smoking a cigarette. Yeah. I, remember, I remember dropping the cigarette too, listening to Led Zeppelin. I was like, oh shit, I'm going to burn the car down. <laughs> but I never did. Dude, I'm yeah. super stoked for the new band. I'm definitely going to tune in on um, Saturday, the 28th of, that's May, right? Yeah, for yeah. Brain, Brain Fest. It's a virtual thing. Um, you can check out the band at fftf.bandcamp.com. Take a look down below. There'll be a link provided. Super stoked, dude. I hope you come back to complete the trilogy, your first trilogy here on the Bobcast. I'd be honored. But you're, you said you were going to a show tonight. You want to give a shout out to an artist? Yeah, I'm hanging out at, uh, I'm have to leave in the next 15 minutes. I'm heading down to Ortlieb's for the third time in five days. <laughs> I'm going to Ortlieb's. It just happened to work out that way. I went to see uh, my friend Jeanette play uh, in Best Bear for on Thursday night and then last night. And tonight I'm heading back to where it leads to see my friend uh, Avataria play uh, for her first solo show in a while. So I'm excited to see her back on the stage. And where well, it uh, yeah, give it up for Ortlieb's, dude. They've been doing their thing for a long, long time there in the city of Philadelphia. I wonder who Ortlieb is. Ortlieb, if you're female or male or, you know, want to be just a creature of the night, we appreciate you here on the Bobcast. James, it's been a pleasure. My name's Bob, and this has been another episode of The Bobcast.